Hey, welcome back to Crucial Productions. This is episode 20. I'm Peter, and I'm here once again with... I'm Kevin. I'm Kevin. I always say that wrong. I? <laughs> I think it's because I change the introduction every time. So that and I'm not really paying attention. I just throw you a curveball. Yeah, yeah, and, and whatnot. So you can find us on social media, if, if you are aware of social media, Crucial Productions. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to uh, have you follow us there and ask us questions. So today's episode is actually going to be based on some questions that we've gotten about a particular event that has happened recently in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about a New York Times article about the missionary who was killed on a remote Indian island attempting to evangelize the people there. And there's there's some really good stuff to discuss here about this situation. What, How does seeing this through the lens of Jesus help us think through this, this situation? Um, talking about evangelism and missionaries and great stuff like that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But I also want to say that we're excited because we're continuing to move ahead with the Bible in five, which we've mentioned a couple times here. And I'll, I'm comfortable saying we've got, what, three scripts that we're currently working on. We've got Romans and Genesis and Habakkuk. And what else are we currently working on, Kevin? We've got Ecclesiastes. We've got Exodus. We've got John. All of those are in the works. Yeah. So... Yeah. And what, what's exciting about this project and the reason we're doing it and we hope you uh, are willing to support financially what we're doing with this project is that we are going to help you learn to read every book of the Bible in five minutes or less, but in particular... You're not going to read them in five minutes or less. What? Yeah, that'd be hard. Okay, that's not that's what you told reading. me. It's a totally when... different course. Oh. Yeah. Teach you what the Bible, what that book of the Bible is about in five minutes or less, specifically how that book of the Bible is about Jesus. Because as much as we say the Bible is all about Jesus, and as Lutherans we like to say all theology is Christology, big words for saying everything we're talking about God is actually talking about Jesus. As much as we like to say that, our own sinful nature are... Concupiscence. I'm going to let Kevin say Thank it first you. this time. <laughs> Basically causes us to read it as if it's about anything else other than Jesus Christ. And so we want to give you these tools, these resources, create them for you so that you can learn for yourself how each book of the Bible is about Jesus, but also learn it in such a way that you can pass it on. Crucial Productions exists to teach you Christianity so you can pass it on. The Bible in Five is all about that that mission, that, I don't know, that, that vision, that goal, because Jesus Christ isn't just for you, although that is wonderful news. He died for your sins, but he also died for the sins of the world. And we want you to be able to pass that on in a way that's natural to you and comfortable to you and in a way that focuses on Christ. So that's kind of a good lead into what we're going to be talking about today, Kevin. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we have an individual who from all accounts, that, well, I, actually I won't say all accounts because apparently there's some conflicting reports as to whether he actually was a missionary or not. But I think more is coming out now that his intent was to evangelize these people. Um, we, have a, we have a gentleman who oh we got we got papers yeah, and like articles and yeah uh john allen chow 26 year old american 
missionary who went to India, to a remote island in India that has not been touched by anybody other than the people who live there. Uh, these, I'm an anthropology major, so or I was, and so this kind of actually fascinates me, this whole idea of a culture that has never been touched by any other cultures where they're completely and totally isolated, hunter-gatherers still living in, in the Stone Age with that kind of technology, who apparently have a practice of killing anybody who steps foot on the island, which has been a pretty effective deterrent to, yeah, it's you an know, effective policy. Yeah. Um, so this, this, this gentleman, John wanted to evangelize them. He wanted to bring them the gospel. This is apparently what he wrote in his diary, what he left behind in letters. We're looking at a New York times article on this. So that's the article we're referencing primarily today. We'll have that in the show notes down below. You guys can read it yourselves. Okay. So we're not going to read the whole article, Kevin. Yeah. We don't want to spend time doing that. There's a lot of details in there. You guys have it for yourself. I'm I'm pretty sure if you've spent any time on Facebook or Twitter in recent weeks, you've probably had a friend share this and maybe even entered into the discussion of, okay, what do we do with this? So we're going to basically take some questions as as we put out there. Here's what we want. Here's what we're going to talk about. What questions do you guys have for us? Kevin's pointing a question at me, but I probably didn't copy and paste that question into my right. show notes. So here, okay, Kevin, where should we start with this? Well, I think I think the first the first question that that comes to all of our minds when we read a story like this is, well, aren't we for spreading the gospel? So in some ways we're like, yay, good job wanting to go spread the gospel. Yeah. I think that that's kind of a natural inclination as a Christian is, is that, that we want to affirm that delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ to somebody through proclamation is a good thing. That seems to be right. a good thing in general. I mean, that seems to be what God um, desires for his church to do. It seems to be the way that God works to bring the good news of Jesus is through proclamation, according to Paul in Romans 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so our thing, our first reaction to this is, well, there, here's a, here's a young man who takes his faith seriously and, and believes the gospel enough that he wants to go tell somebody about it and um, maybe share Christ and, and his, his saving work on the cross with these people. Mm-hmm. That seems like a good thing. Yeah. Here's a man who's even willing, according to his diary entry, it seems to what he's willing to risk his life for this. Yeah, he, he, says, he knew that these people kill anybody who steps foot on the island. Yeah, so I think there's there's a part of us that says, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It, it is a good, as far as we can call our own human inclinations, good motivation to want to share the gospel with people who have not heard it. Seems like and, it. Yeah. But then we start asking questions. <laughs> like you keeps using this word missionary. Was he a missionary? Yeah. What What does it actually mean to be a missionary? And is there any biblical text that we can point to that says that this guy was doing the right thing? Yeah. Or the wrong thing. Also, when you add in the, the, the whole side of things where since these people have had no contact with the outside world, well, then they are very susceptible to any diseases that the outside world might bring in. And so he steps foot on the island, has contact with them, and inadvertently wipes them all out through chicken pox or something. 
And I think it was not legal to go there. Yeah. From what I can tell. From not- from what we've read, the Indian government had said it is illegal to step foot on that island. So I think that's something that we should also discuss is, is do, do the ends justify the means when it comes to breaking the law to spread the gospel? Um these kinds of issues. So I think there's, there's plenty to discuss. And, and um, so Peter, I, I think this would be a good time for you to kind of share your perspective or perspective <laughs> in which you, you were raised, perhaps we should say it that way. Yeah. I mean, I, my background is as a missionary kid, American evangelical standard missionary kid. And so this kind of account was, you know, th- this kind of experience was held up as a, as a good example throughout my life, uh, through the various studies that I've, you know, books that I've read, articles that I've read, you know, going to a missionary kid boarding school and reading stories about missionaries, all those sorts of things. This sort of activity is held up as, as a good one. I mean, I graduated from Wheaton College, which is the college that the El- Elliot and Nate Saint and Jim Elliott went to, and they were martyred by the Waodani Indians in Brazil. I'm using lots of fun words, but there, there's an entire culture there at Wheaton that was galvanized into missions because of the sacrifice, Jim and Nate and the two other guys, Pete was one of them, I can't remember, there were four of them who were willing to go to these natives in Brazil and, sorry, Ecuador, I think it's Ecuador. I'm forgetting the details. It doesn't it's, matter. I know the two names. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, but the point is, this: there's an entire culture in missions, particularly American evangelical missions, but even further back than that, that this kind of willingness to lay down your life for the sake of giving, sharing the gospel with someone with no other consideration is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's the background that I came from. And as we've said... Well, on a certain level, yes, that that is laudable. Yeah. This this is the good news we're actually sharing. And like I said at the beginning, it's the good news for everybody. And it should be passed on to everybody. Um, so I can understand the culture in which John is operating. Uh, Oral Roberts University is apparently where he did some of his studies. And so the missionary culture there, I would assume, is very similar to what I grew up in as well. And so everything there would have encouraged him that this is a, this is a good thing. Evangelizing these individuals at all costs is, is a good thing. Um, so I'm, I'm sympathetic on that level, but Kevin, you had asked a question about, you know, where would we look in scripture to justify this, I guess. And here's the problem. I think if we're, the event has happened Mm-hmm. And now we're going back to scripture to say, okay, what can I find here that makes that thing okay? Or conversely, that now that it's happened, that makes that thing not okay. I think we're using scripture wrongly when we're going at it from that direction. And so one of the things that we are trying to be very intentional about on this podcast is how do we see this through the lens of Jesus? And so it's not just a let's justify or condemn what happened and let's find our Bible verses that we can line up on one side or the other to, you know, justify or condemn. But it's the, the approach actually has to be different than that. 
Yeah, and, and I think there's a couple of questions at Rockmuth that are that are helpful. Um, a couple of people are, are kind of asking whether or not he's a missionary, meaning who sent him? Is there is mm-hmm. did the church send him, or is this kind of a lone ranger? I'm going to go try to do this on my own. I think that's actually a very interesting insight and question because the New Testament scriptures are, are quite clear that that there are no such things as run, lone ranger Christians that you. If you are to be a missionary of the church, then you are sent by the church. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't spread the gospel if they're not sent by the church. Uh, we also have in the book of Acts the reality that as people spread from Jerusalem to persecution, they brought with them the gospel and people mm-hmm. heard it from them and, and the apostles kind of went later to to deal with that. But um, to, to call yourself a missionary or to go on a mission without a call from the church is kind of a strange event and not something the new testament really advocates and i think this is part of our problem is we we quickly run into a situation in which there really are no scripture passages there isn't no new testament narrative even in which you kind of go spread the gospel just kind of recklessly as a lone ranger that that really isn't the way it works i mean it it yeah i understand the fervor and i i and i too uh, spend enough time in in circles of of people on fire for Jesus, you know, where uh, we kind of didn't care about anything but making sure somebody heard the gospel, lest they go to hell. Mm-hmm. And and I still appreciate that. I still miss those days in in some ways that that fervor for the gospel. Those you know when you're young and and on fire for Jesus, <laughs> um, those those fun things, but. Stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, but so, there's also no such thing as a lone ranger Christian, right? And I think that's part of this too. So you can't be a lone ranger missionary because you have to be sent by the church. Mm-hmm. But I think part of the reason the lone ranger missionary exists is because there's this idea that you can be a lone ranger Christian. Yeah, it's a natural outgrowth a, of it, which is kind of a deeper problem. Yeah, and it's. So that, that's one aspect of this that I think we need to be very honest about is that if he is a missionary, there, there needs to be a church body, a church, a congregation, a gathering of believers around word and sacrament that are sending him with the gospel. And perhaps there was, but I don't know. Yeah, we perhaps don't know. Perhaps there was. But we would say from a New Testament point of view that when Paul goes to the Gentiles, it's because the church has sent him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is in the book of Acts. It says that the church met and prayed and they laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas and they sent them out, right? So, and then in Romans 10, also Paul talks about people preaching because they've been sent. Um, Jesus sends the apostles. And and so there's there's a sending yeah. that happens. There's a, there's a, a passing on. And, and one of the greatest things about um, Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 is, is even when he's talking about the Lord's Supper, he says, look, Guys, I'm just passing on to you what was passed that on. Which I have received. To me. Yeah. So there, there's always this this kind of sending idea of the church. And and I want to make sure we address that Im- immediately and, and not spend much time on it. But just just the recognition that, that if anybody's listening and wondering about this, if you think you're called to missionary service or if you're thinking about this kind of stuff, um, the church is the one who will affirm that call. The church is the place you go to and say, I think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking about just talking to your friend at work or your right. your neighbor. That's cool. Go do. Please you, go do that. You don't have do to go to day. your pastor to get permission to tell your cubicle neighbor about Jesus. No, 
But if you think you're going to go on a trip somewhere and, you know, change your vocation and those kinds of things, then that's something you need to go to the church about. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to your pastor, talk to your church, get together with some other Christians, you know, in the setting of a congregation around word and sacrament and and pray on these things and and, um, talk to other Christians about this. Read scripture about it. Don't don't just go do this because you're excited. Yeah. Um, I was. I think that's something that's kind of important. To... I was a missionary recruiter for twelve years, and it was always a big red flag for me when somebody would come up and say, "Hey, I want to go be a missionary," and they had never talked to their pastor about it. Right. They had never told their church about it. It was totally out of the blue. I was like, uh, "Let's let's slow down this yeah, process let's, a bit. Let's you know have that conversation." Go talk to them. And if they say, you know what? We think this might be a good fit for you. Then let's talk. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing I, I think we need to address is that um, it seems as though there's a lot of human laws that are kind of against this guy's actions. Right. It seems though it might have been illegal, whatever that means, for him to go to this island. Mm-hmm. It certainly was a violation of these of these people's cultural laws for him to go to this island. Um it seems as though he kind of um, got a ride, kind of not on the most up and up way. And the, and the individuals who helped him get there, several of them have been arrested right, and are facing charges. So, so yeah. that wasn't all in the up and up either. Yeah. So it seems like he broke a lot of laws to do this. And and I think this this does make us question as Christians, is, is this one of those scenarios from Acts where we say, well, we have to obey God rather than man. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I certainly understand that, that idea. And I'm not sure how we can say, cause I'm not God. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I do think one thing that I have liked about this story that I've read. And again, this is all on us just believing what we've read. We don't know. Right. Yeah. That, know we're, guy. we're assuming that the media is being somewhat truthful right. about so, this and that what so we're getting is an accurate. If someone out there knows <laughs> this guy and we're wrong, it, it's not, we're not, we're not defaming him. We're just we're, going off what yeah. we read, right? Yep. So we're kind of discussing, in some ways, kind of a made-up situation based on media, you know, using we, this you guy. You could and, say that this is bordering on gossip, Kevin. It, it is. so we have to be careful ourselves, talk, even not, in so how we talk about, about it. Yeah. That's kind of the point. So I'm not talking about him as an individual. I'm talking about a situation. Sure. And using his situation as one that we can discuss. So if there's a situation in which someone breaks a law and decides that they have to obey God rather than men, what I always like to tell people is, if you believe that's what, what you're supposed to do, that's fine. But you have to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. You can't then be offended if the consequence is that you get in trouble. I mean, right. We've had this in our country where people want to stand up for their faith and they know they're breaking a rule or they know they're violating their, their employment agreement right. to stand up for their faith. And I'm then when they pray get fired, at the beginning of this football game, right. even though I know that prayer has been banned. Right. And then when they get fired, they act as though some great un- injustice has occurred. <laughs> and, and that's kind of where I say, no, 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 no. I, it, it's fine with me if you want to stand up for your faith, but you have to face the consequences. Yeah. And, and this is something that the New Testament is pretty clear on as well, is that the apostles faced consequences Yeah, when they preached after they were told not to. They got thrown in prison. Okay. And they sat there joyfully. I mean, if you right. think of the account of Paul and Silas getting right. thrown into prison, and then, hey, the gates are open, and there's been an earthquake, and they could just simply walk out. And what did they do? 
they stay. They stay. And they encourage everybody else to stay. Right. Hey, everybody, we're all staying here imprisoned and we're going to just so, suffer the consequences of what we've done. So if this situation is one in which the media is being accurate and this guy actually wrote in his diaries or letters, I'm willing to give my life for this situation and, you know. Knowing the kill. consequences, then knowing I, he was breaking the law, knowing he could die. In some ways, I'd say, okay, that's that's fine. I, I don't think, I don't know God's will in this. The scriptures are not clear in this. There, there is no thus saith the Lord for each individual situation like this. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, we're going to get to that again in a second. But um, so in some of these issues, we're going to have to admit that we don't know. Right. We just don't know. And we can kind of look at it and say, well, if you look at it from this point of view, it makes sense. And that point of view makes sense. Now, one one person on the Grokman who's raised the question is, maybe God doesn't want these people evangelized. Like maybe they're just supposed to be left alone. And I think that now, that wasn't actually the question, but that's something that has been floating around as a accusation, as a question. Oh, it was. I hadn't seen that question. Yeah, that's a new question. That's a new question. Okay. Um, it, it's cool. It says, um, is it possible God doesn't want these people evangelized or maybe not yet? Are they similar to the native American or first nation peoples? Could they be under punishment from the almighty for something for whatever? Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, and I think this is where we're brought back to the cross of Christ. That one of the most scandalous things about Jesus immediately and 2000 years later, it still is, is that he didn't die just for believers. Mm-hmm. He didn't die just for the people that I like or the people who deserve it or the people that don't have laws against evangelism. <laughs> <laughs> The John three sixteen. I, we, I do want to address this quickly. When it says, for God so loved the world, the world is not really the span of his love, meaning he loves 6 billion people or 7 billion or whatever it is. Um, it really, in the Gospel of John, the world is usually a place of evil. So it's mm. more the idea that he loved evil people enough to, to send his son to die for them. But in 1 John chapter 2, when it says he died for not just for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world, there it really does kind of point us away from just this small idea of the death and resurrection of Jesus to a, a creation event that, that the death and resurrection of Jesus is the reconciliation of sinful mankind hmm. to the heavenly father. And that does include these people, the people on this Island that I don't know that you don't know, right? That all we know right now is they kill people with bows and arrows, mm-hmm. right? Anybody who steps foot, dies. anybody who steps foot on. So, so in some ways, we don't need to wonder if God wants these people saved because he's done what he needs to do to save them. He's, he has mm-hmm. sent his son. Jesus has given his life on the cross. He's been raised from the dead for these people. Yeah. Right. And and we can say with all confidence that he has accomplished the payment of their sins, right? That he has won forgiveness for his sins. He has conquered death for them. We, so, can, we can say that it is God's will that they would believe and be saved and be saved come to a knowledge of the truth you yeah know, however you want to say it whichever bible verse you want to pick there's several of them <laughs> and and we don't have to doubt that there's, right. there's really no question in that um so, but then this gets into the messy situation that we all face as christians is well okay but 
they're now in a situation that God has let them remain in, apparently, in which they're so isolated that nobody can talk to them. And if we try to, we get killed. And now, and now so, there's laws that right, and there's make it even harder to get there. Harder, and yeah. you don't violate those because Romans 13 and, and all these issues. And this is really where our theology of the cross is not just that, well, God is with us in our suffering or God is revealed in suffering, but the theology of the cross is actually that we bear our cross. Hmm. Meaning... I die to the God of certainty. You're going to have to unpack that. (laughs) I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't always know how to live out my faith. I don't always know what God wants me to do or wants you to do. Yeah. And there is a whole lot in our daily life that the scriptures are not clear on thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Did this guy sin by going to them? I really don't know. Do you? Well, I know sin was involved because he's a yeah, he's sinful a human being. Right. So but, but is this act of going to these people, was it according to the will of God? Was it against the will of God? I'm not God. Yeah. And like we said before, there's a lot about it we can see to be good. And there's also some things about it you can kind of say, well, that's probably not the right way to go about things. Yeah. Right. So I, I think as we, as we continue to look at everything through Jesus, he does teach us in his very life, death and resurrection and ascension and second coming. He teaches us a lot. And, And one of the things that we, we do that I think is inappropriate is we make gross assumptions about God because we kind of say, well, if I was running the show, yeah, <laughs> I would do this, right? And we get into these crazy ideas that, well, if baptism is the application of water with the word and it saves people, we could take a fire, fire hose, hose. Yeah, that's always the big one. And a, you know, some kind and a of megaphone, megaphone or amplification system, and say to New York City, right? And I was always saving New York City for some reason. <laughs> We're going to sprinkle them all and save however million million people there. Yeah. With, the, with this contraption we've made up and God has to do it that way because if I had the power of baptism, that's what I would, how I would use it. Well, it's, it's part of that. Que- whenever we start something with, well, why doesn't God? Right. I mean, that's, that's, all, that's always a good time to pause and say, okay, what I'm about to say is very likely me essentially saying I know better. I have, I have a better way or I have a different way or it's at least a good way. Why didn't God do it my good way that I'm about to mention and, and discuss here? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a really good point. You kind of want to stop yourself and say, what I'm about to say is probably not going to be <laughs> a statement of faith. It's probably going to be a statement of if I was God, I would do it this way. Yeah. And we, and, do and we don't, we don't, time. yeah, we don't, that's the key. We don't think of, we don't think that's what we're doing. In, in many ways, we're actually trying to understand, right? Well, how does this actually work and why doesn't it work that way? And so back to your point of, you know, killing the God of certainty, I forget exactly how you yeah. phrased it, but that's, that's part of this, this struggles because I can think of half a dozen ways God could have done it and it would have worked. Yeah. Why and- didn't he? And then we and then we end up in the in the really terrifying place of trying to justify God. Yeah. 
well, so maybe God doesn't want these people saved. That's why they're in a situation. Or maybe he's punishing them so they're in a situation. And I'm not accusing anybody of saying those things. I'm just saying these are the places that we go sometimes in our minds right. in order to justify why things aren't working the way they should if we were in charge. Well, this 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 comes up frequently. So this very discussion, you know, here are these people who never even had a chance to be saved. And so God, what is God going to do with them? Can he really, is it really fair for him to send right. them to hell when they never even had a chance to hear the gospel? And especially when you're talking with somebody who is not a believer or a believer who's really struggling with this aspect of their faith, this, yeah, this is where you begin to justify God and try and come up with good reasons so that, because God really looks like a jerk right now. Yeah. And I got to find some way to talk about him so that he's not looking like such a jerk because really what just happened is I kind of conceded the argument to you <laughs> and agreed that, oh yeah, God is really kind of a jerk. Okay, well, let's work together to find right. some way let's to make him not a, a jerk. Make him not so bad. <laughs> and, and what we've done is we've run so far away from the cross that we're now talking about God in philosophical terms. Yeah instead of in terms of the way that he has revealed who he truly is to us. And that's where I continue to, to encourage this conversation to move is that what, what does the gospel of Jesus Christ tell us about this situation? It tells us that God does love these people Mm -hmm. that are on this Island. It tells us that God has accomplished salvation on their behalf Mm -hmm. through his son, Jesus Christ. We also know that the way God works to bring that salvation to people is through his church, through word, through sacrament. That is what the church is here to do, mm-hmm. to deliver the gifts of a lot of our people like to say, deliver the goods or, you know, <laughs> deliver the gifts of God. And that's, that's okay. Um, it's it's but, shorthand that needs to be right, unpacked. Right, shorthand which, needs to be unpacked, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it is through humans that God brings the good news of Jesus Christ to other humans. And, and that's the the body of Christ on earth, the church is the one who, you know, brings the gospel because we're the ones that have the gospel. So mm-hmm. no one else could do it. Yeah. Um, so all those things are things that we want to affirm The part of faith, part of trust that we've been working with in the last couple of weeks in this podcast is, is not just trust in my salvation, but trusting that God is God. And I don't know certain things and I will never know certain things. And sometimes maybe you, you get on a boat and you go to a remote Island, you get killed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if it's wrong. I don't know. And I don't know if I'm the one who's supposed to do it or if you're the one who's supposed to do it. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. I do know that I am called to certain things today. And my faith is to be directed toward God and not away from him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we do in these kind of situations is we really start questioning who God is and we stop defining him by his action in Christ Jesus. And we start looking at him philosophically yeah. or in a history of religions type of way. Well, where, you know, if God did this, then he has to do that. And if it, and if he has this characteristic or says this over here, then he must also think this over here. And what I mean is, is we fill in gaps logically, right? If God so loved the world and if Jesus died for everyone in the world and these people in the world, then he must want us to go there. 
Mm-hmm. So now we're trapped in this. We have to go to the, every island on the face of the earth. And they also got these weird ideas that if we want Christ to come back, we have to reach every single person or we can't come back. And yeah. all, these, <laughs> all these really weird arguments that actually isn't what the scriptures are saying at all. Yeah. Um, or we kind of get in this mode of, well, God's in charge and we believe in election and predestination. So if he wants them saved, it doesn't matter if we go or not. He'll figure out some now, way to do they'll it. They'll be saved. Right? Yeah. Neither one of those is, is actually scriptural. Yeah. They're both a philosophical look at things where we're departing quickly from what the scriptures actually tell us. I will add one more example going back to the Waodani with Nate Saint and Jim Elliot. You know, a generation later, Steve Saint, the son of Nate Saint, actually went back there as a missionary. And the entire tribe is essentially Christian at this point. It's been completely turned yeah. around. They have repented of their sin of, of killing the, the parents. And like, mm-hmm. it's been a, a huge turnaround. And so the other error we can make is, well, look at what God did there. Right. This is the exact same kind of situation. It's happening all over again. Right. We got to send more people in so God can do the same thing with this, with this situation. And, and, and you just use words that just make my, my spine, whatever <laughs> that word is. Freak, it makes my spine whatever it does. It's not the good tingle. It's not a good tingle. It's, it's the bad one. You know, whenever we, we get to the mode where we say, we gotta, I kind of stop. Yeah. And I I remember Jesus talking about the kingdom of God doing stuff that we don't understand. That the kingdom of God is like a guy who plants a field and goes to bed and wakes up. And it's grown and he's like, well, okay. God did that while I was sleeping, I guess. You know, or the, or the king or the world is like a field where there's there's wheat and and weeds and and you know, it's whole weird world. They're all growing together. All growing together stuff. But the more you you listen to Jesus talk about the kingdom of God, the more you get this idea that it's not the kingdom of man, but the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and He does His stuff. Yeah. And sometimes we understand it, and sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes we can see it clearly, and sometimes it works out exactly as we're expecting, but usually not. <laughs> usually. We are brought again to the foot of the cross where we say, teach me to believe. Teach yeah. me to trust that you're in charge of all of this. I'm not. I, I don't understand this. I know who God is because of my Savior, Jesus Christ. I know he loves the world. I know he's reconciled the world unto himself. I know a day is coming when he will judge the world. And I know those things matter. And I know that's true for every single human being on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Now, all the ones in the past and all the ones in the future that Jesus is the only savior of mankind. There is no other way. This is clear in scripture. Yeah. So if that motivates you to go tell somebody, then go tell them. And if there are consequences, okay. Recognize that there'll be consequences to that. Um, if you're going to go as a missionary, if you're going to go as an official capacity to, you know, places like this, I think you should do that through the calling of the church. Yeah. If you're going to go tell your neighbor or your friend tomorrow about Jesus, then go do it. Don't wait. Yeah. Just go tell them, be their friend, be their neighbor. Um, especially please, if it's a spouse or your children, don't delay. Yeah. Tell them tonight, tell them this afternoon, as soon as possible, share your faith, the good news of what God has done. Make sure the people in your life, know the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. That's important. As we wrap up this episode, what we want you to focus on is the things that you do know, the things that you can say, 
you, we do know what Christ has done for all of us. We do know that he wants us to tell everyone about that. We don't know why he hasn't had somebody go to these people already or what what may be going on in his divine judgment of of them if that we can even talk about that but there are so many things we don't know and we usually end up talking about all the things we don't know and that that's part of the problem with these conversations especially as they happen on social media the debates back and forth you know even in the media itself as they're writing these articles so much of the debate is on what we don't actually know, trying to peek into that hidden mind of God. And that, even even as you said, we know that we're supposed to tell everyone. There's, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know who the we is, and I don't know who the everyone is. I'm okay. not called yeah. to tell everyone. You know, it. I that's I'm not. I guarantee you, I'm not called to tell everyone. Um, I don't speak a lot of the languages in this world. I'm not yeah. called to tell all of them. It, if God wants me to do that, that's fine. But um, He hasn't equip me yet to do such things but this, this is the actual gift of speaking in tongues right. Kevin. i would love to have the gift so, of more tongues i can speak it, some if it happened um but but the reality is you know even as we say things like we are called to tell everyone the we is not you and me sitting in this room yeah you know and that's the other thing is i'm not the church <laughs> i'm just one sinner saved by the grace of god and i'm not a lone and, ranger christian right. we established so that too yep one of the and one of the things i just want to continue to, to repeat in, in all the things we do is is the humility and the faith of saying to god never let me get such a big head that i think that your kingdom is contingent on me yeah that if i fail then god's kingdom can't succeed mm-hmm. but wait a minute it's not your kingdom <laughs> in the lord's prayer don't ever pray that that Kevin's will be done and Kevin's kingdom come. I mean, that's just awful, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And and so even in this, if I feel convicted to go tell somebody, that doesn't mean that that's the only opportunity that person's ever going to have. And if it's right. all contingent on me to save them, yeah, I've just put myself in the place of God, quite honestly, and that's dangerous. Don't yep. ever do that. Yeah, even with my, even with my family, right whom I love dearly. The best I can do with them is witness the gospel to them. It's up to the Holy Spirit to do God's stuff in their heart. Yep. Right. To work faith. Yeah. And, and this is true in every missionary effort. This is true in parenting. This is true for your pastor preaching a sermon on Sunday. He can proclaim the word of God. It's up to the Holy Spirit to do the work of conversion, of repentance, of sanctification. This is not our work. Mm-hmm. Conversion is not your work, right? And it's not our responsibility. And God is the one who does God's kingdom's work. Yeah. So we pray for this guy's family and what they must be going through. Mm-hmm. We do pray for this tribe on this island, whatever they are, tribe, whatever. Yeah. That maybe this does affect them in such a way they hear the gospel from somebody. That would be a wonderful thing because then they would be part of the brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. That is the best thing. Um, But I will say this. If you're listening, don't go there. (laughs) I I don't think you're called to go there at this moment, but I don't know. Right. But I don't know. Um, But yeah, I I think we, we continue to take all these opportunities to, to get back to, who Christ is, what he's done for us, 
who God is then for us and what does it mean to trust for him to be God and us not try to be God. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks for joining us. This is Crucial Conversations, a podcast of Crucial Productions, teaching you Christianity so you can pass it on. And we'll see you next week. Thanks.